0: Welcome to No Page Unturned, the podcast where Christina, Steph, and myself, Josh, go in-depth discussing books, mainly focusing on those written by BIPOC and LGBTQ plus authors. You don't have to read along with us, but be warned, there will be spoilers ahead.
1: Listeners, welcome to A year since we passed our recording anniversary.
2: Yeah, actually, I think it was like, it's like a year and two weeks or so, maybe. Something like that. Yeah, We started in mid-March. Yeah. So. I hope you all enjoyed the episodes where we talked about the boat in the Suez Canal. (laughs) (laughs) Extremely topical
1: by this (laughs) point. Yeah. (laughs) So many horrible things between then and now.
2: Oh, man. Yeah. Good times.
0: What can we reference in this episode that's topical? That's not a bummer.
2: The slap. Not the Oscars. Yep. The Oscars Which... slap just happened. Uh, and
0: it's WrestleMania Ooh, weekend, cares. I guess. Yes. Yep.
1: <sighs> yeah. I, I appreciated all the takes about not having to have a take. I took that to heart.
0: <laughs> Those were my favorite takes. <laughs> <laughs> right?
2: <laughs> like, uh, oh, my man. take was that I just don't fucking care.
1: Yeah.
0: I really don't. Like. My. My take is, uh, what, Josh Geth uh, retweeted, uh, I don't want to hear anything from white people about it, including myself.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know what? Fair. I'm good. Yep. I'm
1: cool with that. Yep. Please take my silence as an acknowledgement.
2: Yeah. Speaking of white people, (laughs) we're about to read a book about England. (laughs) Or we have read a book about England. We're going to talk about it. It's a bookling episode. Yay!
1: You guys are going to read a book about England. That's right. maybe Because it was a good book about England. It was a
0: good book. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, you've already read a Yes, because we're going to be talking England. spoilers. Yes.
2: And also, hopefully, if you have listened this far to the show, you would know that. But just in case.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about Drowned Country by Emily Tesh, which is the sequel to... Silver in the Wood by Emily Tisch.
1: Although hopefully not the last book in this series yes, by Emily Tisch.
2: Yes. It is the the what is it the the Green Hallow duology is over, but perhaps we'll get more. A lot of duologies. I am to the duology, I like it. The word irritates me, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't like the word duology. What would you prefer?
2: Biology? No, that's
0: already a word. Never mind. That's a different thing. Um.
1: Twinsome? No, I don't. I don't have an <laughs> no, alternative. That's bad. No, I, no, I know. <laughs> mm. I don't have an alternative. I'm just a cranky old lady
0: Sister who doesn't novels. like it. It just doesn't sound right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No.
0: For at least, like, not for a duology. Sounds like you got two superpowers, not you... uh, two books.
2: <laughs> what if we started calling uh, one-off books unologies? <laughs> then we'd have consistency the whole way.
1: That would be, but then you get to like quartets.
0: Okay, wait, no, I got it, I got it. So got it. a book that by itself is called a standalone. Yeah. Two books could be stand together.
1: Oh, aw, that's kind of cute. That's I like cute, that. yeah, Josh continuing his mastery of naming everything that we need
2: named. It's true. Yeah, listeners, I don't know if we've talked about this on air, but Josh is really good at naming things. Josh came up with uh both our former and current name of this podcast, both of which were excellent, and Josh also named our dragon mascot in our uh in our logo. And like every single option he gave us slapped. And yeah, and the name Bookling <laughs> And it was like, he would just like rattle off all of these awesome names. And Christina and I were like, well, I like this one and this one and this one. I don't know. They're all good.
0: Send me $5 and I'll name something for you.
2: Yeah, Yeah. there you go. Start up a Patreon for naming shit. Yeah,
1: $1, you get one thing named a month. Yeah. And they're, you know, consequently it goes up.
0: (laughs) So what did you guys think of the book overall? I really like
2: this one. I think I was saying to Josh, I think I like this one better than the first one.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair.
0: I liked it. I did not like it as much as the first one. Spicy.
1: Show show your work. <laughs> <laughs> Unpack that.
0: I don't find Silver as interesting a point of view character as Tobias at all. Mm-hmm. But maybe because I don't, I don't know. Uh, he definitely. He definitely went through a better arc than Tobias, though. Like, going from uh, moping and... (laughs)
2: Leaving man-sized mushroom shadows on the ground. (laughs) Because he would just lie on the ground for, like, days at a time. Like, that's a big mood, honestly.
1: I had a hard time... I think that if I had read this in a different mood myself, I might not have liked it, but given that mm-hmm. I want to often do that all the time, that seems yeah. like
2: highly something relatable. I needed to
1: embrace. it's like, why can't I leave spore clouds of myself to irritate <laughs> passers by
2: I think I I I liked Silver better as a a point of view character because he kind of like and this is like my own my own need to always know what's happening. He was much more descriptive about his powers and his connection to the wood and and because for him it's still relatively new and so he's like kind of describing it and the way it works more because he's learning it too whereas in book 1 you know Tobias had been doing it for hundreds of years and it was it much more part of his nature and so you had to like kind of pay attention and and put the clues together a little bit more in a way whereas like silver is just erupting trees out of nowhere and like talking about how he feels the wood under the water uh, in, a, in a much more kind of obvious way. And so I, I like that because I like detail and I like, you know, getting all these little glimpses of like how the powers and the connection work.
0: That's funny too, because I'm usually a detail person also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But for me, it made, I don't know, the first one was more mysterious and it like made, okay, yeah. it hooked me more than this one. Mm.
1: I think I'm also just a sucker for... So this book is interestingly bifurcated. You spend the first half of the book being like, Mm -hmm. this is a vampire hunt. And then very abruptly, it is not. (laughs) It is not remotely about vampires. That is like Chekhov's absent gun. Um,
0: I did love that. Yeah. Oh, I love 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 it.
2: Yeah. You just rock up and the vampire's already dead. It's like, uh, oh, um, okay. Now what?
1: Just, Just gonna hang out here.
2: She did that in the first book too, actually. Now that I think about it, like, the you you think that like the book is going one way Mm
0: -hmm. when
2: they you know chop down the big tree and and this seems like henry's dead and then adela and tobias go off monster hunting together and like you think that that's like the end of the book and then Mm -hmm. it keeps going where so she's very good i think like setting almost like a more traditional like story structure and then continuing on like no actually what happens after that
1: yeah, and I think, so, this is this is a meandering way of getting to the point, but um, have you read The Chronicles of Narnia, both of you, either of you? When I was a kid.
2: Okay. Nope.
0: I saw the cartoon and the new movie, and that's about it.
1: Okay. I have a lot of feelings that we're not going to unpack here about this proselytizing <laughs> piece of literature. That
2: could be a whole other podcast.
1: Yeah, I don't think I need to... I don't think I need to record that one, but um, I did love The Magician's Nephew. I think it was one of my favorites of the series, and it's all about how the characters go through these pools and end up in this dead world. And it's so evocative and so unlike anything else that I had ever seen or since. Like, it's very unexpected um, and very creative. And this this definitely has tones of The Magician's Nephew, because they definitely go through the water to this Mm -hmm. place that is utterly bereft. Like, the land is sad. It's just so empty. And I I liked being back there in a weird way. Maybe not liked, but it was cool.
2: I, I totally feel you on that. Like, I, I love, yeah, like, I love a, a good, like, ruined world, apocalyptic kind of thing. And it, for me, it really reminded me and uh, drink listeners of T. Kingfisher's uh, <laughs> The Twisted Ones, because there is, like, yeah. kind of a side reality that's empty in that one as well. And I I... Would, uh, would we be willing to bet that T. Kingfisher sure is kind of pulling from maybe a lot of the similar mythology, you know, hers was more like American, like, holler people based, but the idea of like, the otherworldly beings from another dimension who kidnap people like that's not unlike uh, fairy stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah the, yeah, the idea that like, there's just this like, world that's like empty. And I I loved the phrase. Um what do they say like what happened to, what happened here, or what happened to these people, and the fairy says they drowned, mm-hmm. and they say in what in time and I, I just the idea of the that time just was too much and just took like it, yeah, time comes for everything,
1: yeah, I also really loved so she's very good with language, and she knows when to pull it back, right like mm-hmm. people don't give flowery speeches except for um henry who's flowery himself yeah. um and his his interpretation of the place is so simple and so clear he just says like old and sad yeah and uh and of the the fairy too so that really struck me
2: mm-hmm. what i
0: do really like about silver and about him uh, him being you know part of the the green man now is that uh, Tobias in the first book? He like knew the um, sort of like boundaries he had to set between him and the powers, and but Silver is the other way. He wants to like indulge. He wants to know more and learn more, and he sort of like he always he digs like a little bit too deep. He's like too he's too invested. While Tobias knew where to like set the boundaries. And I found that really interesting, and then through that um <clears throat> silver like discovers things about himself that leads to like that speech he gives at the end, and he's like, "Yeah, I was selfish, but that's who i am
1: i can I can appreciate like a character going through an arc and not being perfect at the end of it. Mm-hmm. It's like having that self knowledge is. Like, that was a good arc, in the yeah. same way that, like, it was a sufficient arc to me, and especially in this short book, for him to, in the beginning, he resisted his mother's haircut, and in the end, he asked for one. Like, okay, he acknowledges that he needs a little bit of help, he acknowledges that he needs a little bit of human contact, and he also acknowledges that he's a messy bitch. So, <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah, yeah, what is that line where he's like, I wouldn't do it again, but I'm not sorry I did it. Yeah. Like, fair. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: What did you think about their like the reason for their breakup? So, to, for the well listeners, done. you know, Tobias and uh, Henry Silver they essentially break up because it was so sad. It was Silver so lies yeah, about the letters that uh, his mother had been sending, asking for Tobias's help, and because of it, she got hurt in the process by a troll. And uh, Tobias discovers Silver's lies and leaves.
1: That's the kind of thing that ends a relationship.
2: I was really bummed that they broke up.
1: Oh my god, I was so sad.
2: Yeah, I was reading the beginning. and I was like, what?
1: They're not together anymore? <laughs> but at the same time, like, so often you have these, like, and maybe I've been watching too much anime, but, like, these huge fights or, like, these refusals to talk, and this one was just like, yeah, okay, this is what adults do when they break up. Like, one of them does something, and it's inappropriate, if, if understandable, and the other one is just like, no. And that's it. It's not like you know Henry is pining, but he's not sorry, right, and that's that's it, I don't know it just it, it was much more mature than some of the other like romantic entanglements that I've seen.
0: I think that's what I really liked about it is that what is it's sort of like what Henry Silver did was wrong, but it's also not like wrong, but it's also understandable, like. Mm-hmm. Why would you want your lover to go to your mother instead of staying with you? Like it, it's it's like oh this was this was not the right thing to do, but I totally get what you're thinking. You just went like obviously we're not gonna we're not a, a advice podcast, but you know <laughs> maybe communication would have been the better, yeah. better choice. Yeah,
2: I think there's a an element too of you know Henry thought that this was their happily ever after. They mm-hmm. were just going to be together in the wood and, and do wood things and be together. And, ah, uh, and wood it turns thing. out that that wasn't enough for Tobias anymore. And, mm-hmm. and ultimately wasn't enough for Henry either. But um, yeah, again, like I think like she's sort of subverting, tropes like the you the end of the first book like that's that's what we all thought would happen right oh great they're just gonna be happy and together forever yay and then you go into the second book and they're broken up and i'm like what how dare you <laughs> but yeah it's true like what happens after the happy ending mm-hmm. you know life goes on and uh it wasn't enough for tobias to just sit there with henry and do kind of nothing forever uh
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's understandable from both of their perspectives, which is a nice touch. Mm -hmm. Because, like, sometimes authors make the mistake of making the breakup too divisive, and then you're like, well, you shouldn't get back together. And I always rooted for them to get back together as long as Henry dealt with his shit. Yeah. Um, But it wasn't, like, it it was a a really bad decision made for the best reasons, if that makes sense. Like, Mm -hmm. he was like, well, I don't want you to go off and maybe die. Like, I'm alone forever, if that's the case. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, yeah.
0: And also, breakups tend to, like, heavily in in all media tend to, like, not favor one or the other, but you Mm -hmm. could definitely be, like, pick a side, while this one is more, like, you could see both of their perspectives on it.
1: Yeah, it was, like, considering how evocative this book was it has such a light touch Mm -hmm. like there's no drawn out argument but we get the emotional depth there's no like drawn out explanation of the the world with all the monoliths in it like it's this is only 153 pages so so, short Yeah. yeah but it's very like in that time we get a breakup and a reunion. Like we meet a new character. She gets adopted by this ragtag family. She kills a vampire. We do we do an entire vampire arc, and then we do an entire fairyland arc, and it's still really short. So. Yeah,
2: yeah, and you wrap up like existing story threads, kind of from even last book, and yeah, yeah. yeah. It's 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 incredibly efficient, but it doesn't feel like anything is is left out.
1: Yeah, and it like, reads, I know we
2: we always yeah. say we want more, but this is the kind of book where actually I like at the end of it I was like, no, like I'm pretty good actually.
1: <laughs> I don't I don't want any more from this current arc, but I do want yeah, the, more stories
0: for yeah. sure. I thought the ending was kind of abrupt. Yeah. Oh. Like just like Bramble coming and solving their problem just mm-hmm. like that. It seemed uh, a little quick for me. Mm-hmm. I could have gone with maybe a couple more pages. Like it, mm-hmm. it was just a little—I uh, don't know—quick. I can it see did, that it did come together quite fast. Yeah, yeah.
1: I don't know that there was a ton of foreshadowing that like Bramble could pick up this burden at any time. But I wasn't sad about it. Like it made sense to have her. Like she has mm-hmm. so much presence and personality. Yeah. That like cosmically it made sense so but mm. i see what you're saying like it was kind of sudden
2: the only few things i was thinking kind of hinted towards it it was where um earlier when to Tobi- uh, earlier when henry is moping around he mentions that um bramble has picked up all these very human mannerisms from tobias yeah and and yeah like she she has a bit of humanity to her that was like kind of the only thing that i was thinking was like foreshadowing in the sense of like she is more than just a regular dryad.
0: I'm going to take a stand here. I want more Bramble. Give me the Bramble book. Mm.
2: <laughs> Bramble and Fa- and the last fairy.
0: Bramble and Butterbelly, the book. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I would read that. I, I would definitely yeah. read that.
2: Yeah. I would you love have to a see. You painting her.
1: Yeah. And the wood. And, like, mm-hmm. if Jen Lyons was involved in this at all, you know that there would suddenly be, like, just the most family problems. <laughs> it's just so I, many.
0: I thought of Bramble and Butterbelly specifically because Jen Lyons is mentioned in the acknowledgments.
1: I saw that, yeah. Oh.
0: And so is uh, A.K. Larkwood, who wrote, um, you know, the unspoken name. I almost said yeah. unspoken God, but that's the... N- It gets confusing because the the god is called The Unspoken and the the, the book is called Never mind. This is off topic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, not off topic so much as just a different podcast (laughs) episode.
0: But uh, what I do love about the reunion that they have is like Henry Silver is so desperate (laughs) for this to like work to get back together and he's Mm -hmm. like the way he describes it looking at Tobias and like um, being like, oh, did, did he look at me? Did, is he? Is yeah. he no, this. <laughs> like, did anything of it? Did he smile or <laughs> was there any emotion at all? And then like part way through Tobias is just like enough of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Can you him. not?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, the romance is, is very well done. It's like cute and you can root for it, but it's not over the top. And, like, you're you're very much invited to, like, kind of be annoyed at Henry for, like, groping towards a conversation that he doesn't know how to have.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But at the same time, like, we've all been there.
2: Yeah, he's literally, like, a woods child. Doesn't know how to socialize.
1: He's <laughs> a little goblin from the woods. Yeah. He lost all his social skills.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I really let's talk like about that... Let's
1: talk about the other goblins in this book, which is Maud and... <laughs>
2: And his mother. <laughs> and I want sober. a Maude and Adela book. So much. Right? That'd be yeah. great. Well, so uh, much. Henry and Tobias are on their honeymoon.
0: Maude and Adela can run around. How'd that work out? What do you mean? Like, did her parents just go like, yeah, it's cool that you th- have a They said yeah, yeah,
2: I think they said something like, oh, she's gonna come like be my protege. Or like...
1: I think uh, yeah. Silver kind of talked them into it she's like he was like my mother's getting on in years and she needs female that's what it was yeah.
2: she's gonna be adela's assistant
1: yeah so that was that was nicely it was it gave henry something to do that was like very henry as opposed to something to do that was like well i have these wood powers now mm-hmm. but we've seen those already and we've seen like there's still so much more to bias to me so it was nice for him to get like he got his groove back, socially speaking.
0: <laughs> yeah. Henry Silver gets his groove back.
2: <laughs> yeah. Insofar
1: as white people can have grooves. It's
2: unclear. Yeah. Maud is a great character. Um, very different than, you know, our other three main characters. And very different, like, very diff- a, a different just type of person for that time, too. And I love, you know, the, w- the way she talked about how if she was go- if she was going to go home, they would probably lock her up and call her crazy, and just because she is like an independent person. And don't get me wrong, I do think she was a little nuts to be so obsessed with Fairyland. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, she wanted to, you know, she wanted to be a researcher. She wanted to be an adventurer, and that's not something that young women were remotely able to do. Then even Adela is generally takes you know the the role of a a distinguished woman. She she does play the like the role that society asks of her um, on the surface at least. Whereas Maud is not interested in that at all. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I just I I really liked her and she her personality has just become so evident in her. Like the first few pages that we see her, she's like, yeah, I uh, I killed him. I cleaved. I put a cleaver through this nine hundred year old vampire's neck. Here's some tea, and uh, let's go to Fairyland.
1: Yeah, I. Not only did I kill him, I ground up one of his arms and used it as a powder to knock oh, right. you out. So yes. anyway, how <laughs> hey, are you?
0: I love that uh, Henry was like, I've never heard uh, a young lady curse this much. <laughs> <laughs> and he and like he had this like image of in his head of what Maud would be like, like a little right. sister to him. Yeah, yes, and then yes, She she completely is not like that at all. Mm-hmm.
2: The more he kept, like, talking about his mind palace version of her, like, this sweet little waif in a white dress, I was like, <laughs> she's not gonna be like that at all. Yes. But but still, did not, did not, I truly did not think that she was going to be end up being like another monster hunter. I thought it was going to be like a Dracula situation where like she was a thrall or something mm. and I th- like I, I really thought that this uh book was going to be like almost an homage to Dracula cuz that's how it really felt at the beginning. It did. And yeah. then Emily Tesh got me. She got me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: happy to have gotten got, though. Mhm. Yeah. I like I like the that. abrupt turn.
0: Mhm. I just thought Maud was not going to be like really a character at all like they were just gonna either rescue her or not rescue her
2: yeah and bystander kind of
0: and then it would be like the plot would unroll or unravel after that of something else entirely not involving maud and then she ended up being you know a major character probably like Mm. one of my favorite characters in the book
2: yeah yeah And
1: i like how she i don't know i just really appreciate the characterization that doesn't take any of its Um, it doesn't take major cues from archetypes. Mm -hmm. So, like, she's not the... I don't know. There's so much Bridgerton going around that it's just like, (laughs) well, she's not, like... She's not some Edwardian lady who's like, I'm gonna be a knight. She's just someone who's, like, kind of middle class. She's doing her best. And mostly she wanted to spend her time, like, reading and doing correspondence while she signed her name as a man. Like, she wanted to go to Fairyland, but she... She wasn't one of those like i can the I, I don't know, I'm just like I was kind of picturing her as um the uh pride and prejudice and zombies type, uh but she was just like she was very fully
2: formed yeah she she wanted to go to fairyland for like the academic value of it,
1: right, she's like my name on a paper first,
2: yeah, yeah, I love that, <laughs> especially at the
1: end,
0: uh-huh.
1: yeah. yeah, and she's she and. Adela are they may or may not end up being two peas in a pod but like you can see why they would get along but also they're very different they're not Mm -hmm. you know they're not doing it for the same reasons they're they're just very like ordinary people in unordinary circumstances sorry this is my cat
0: I could see them clashing a lot in a way that would be very fun to read
2: Mm mhm yeah Mm mhm Especially because, uh, even just because Maud and Henry really seem to get along in terms of like their methodology. And mm-hmm. Adela, we've we've seen where she's like, no, no, that's not how you do this. So I could see them, you know, arguing like, yeah, the best way to like get rid of a ghoul or uh, how do you actually go about killing a werewolf?
0: Yeah, and I could see Henry's mother being like... No, we just got to kill this monster. And Maud being like, "But I want to <laughs> study it. I taught it English. I want to study it. I want to know yeah. more."
2: And like Maud's always like trying to like dose Adela with random monster parts to see what happens.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't see her experimenting too much, an old lady. But no, I can definitely not. see her being like, "Drink this, it'll it it'll fix your hip." <laughs> yeah. It's like, what's in it though?
2: <laughs> I can see her experimenting on Tobias.
1: Oh my god, for Hmm. sure.
2: Because he just seems unkillable. Like, he's just an enormous several hundred year old dude.
1: I can also see her experimenting on Henry, because Henry would annoy her.
2: And Henry I think would also agree to be experimented on, for the scientific value of it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, she's clearly not afraid to experiment on herself, because she used that vampire stuff on her, and then... And then base the measurements she was supposed to use on that. Like, <laughs> what did you guys think of uh, the fairies and fairyland?
2: Creepy
1: as fuck. I mm. loved it. Yeah, not, not too much to add. Effectively creepy and like. Yeah. I think the best takes on fairyland are always the ones that make sure that you know that humans and fairies are just totally different. Like mm-hmm. fairies don't care. Uh about the same things Um, which is why i really like holly black she does fairies really well Um, but this was another one that did fairies really well there was that kind of like glorious indifference
2: yeah i i really liked um one of the things that emily tash is so good at in these books is conveying this sense of age you know the age of the Mm. wood hunt and how it used to be everywhere and the way that the wood remembers and for something to be you know even older than the wood that comes across really well in that, yeah, you just get this, this sense of like old and sad and gone and, and just, yeah, like withered. Um, Also opens up a lot of really interesting ideas in the sense that like the wood is like a nexus of universes. Um, But yeah, just like did a really good job conveying uh this otherness of the fairy world. And then just the, desolate emptiness of like the time
0: yeah i like i really like um henry silver's speech to the to i almost said the goblin because they remind (laughs) me of goblins but to the fairy at the end or where he's like you know it's it's not this it's the wood like he's like giving this speech about the wood is like ever ever gonna last and so like you should come join me here I'm trying to find it.
2: Hi. It's not three o'clock. You're fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's not even close. If this doesn't get out, or get edited out, that is Finn. Finn the dog.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't, I don't have any pets to add. We had a cat and a dog. And...
1: and Technically, I guess we also had Dorothy, the ghost who lives in my pipes. It's
2: true, yeah. Yeah, and then we'll have to put a new ghost in your new furnace at the new place.
1: Yeah. That'll be fun. <laughs> so did anybody... Was there anything that we didn't like about this book? Because I'll go first. There wasn't much. I This is my second time reading it, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like, on, a, on, a, on the same levels and also on new levels. Like, it was just enjoyable and quick and very inventive and also, like, very rooted in traditions but with new takes on them like i just really like this book
0: not really like i really like this book i just don't like it as much as the first one uh, and <laughs> i maybe because like i don't find fairies very interesting uh Fair. but i also find creepy woods very interesting <laughs> and um i don't know i still yeah. really like it
2: yeah i would say I, I liked everything i like not even that it doesn't Work necessarily, but uh something that I think just kind of confused me was like the scene with the satyr. Because I was just like, "What is happening?" And this is like some weird body horror shit going on, and and uh, it was like, it was just, it was, I, I maybe if I read it again, it would be more clear. But I was just like, "Whoa!" Like this is a lot. um So yeah, not that it didn't work, but it was just like it was very like not jarring. But it just, like, I don't know, it just didn't maybe, like... And, and I guess it was jarring to the characters, so it's, like, the fact that it didn't jibe with everything makes sense. Um, but then I it also, I don't know, I feel like it didn't, like, matter much in the end.
1: Hmm. I don't
2: okay. know. I'd probably have to reread it, because I don't super, like... Yeah, I just remember being like, what is happening? Ah, but, like, wanting to keep reading, so...
0: I will say one thing, and this goes back to what made me think the ending felt abrupt. It felt like Henry Silver had just figured out how to be the Green mm-hmm. Man, like he, and then it suddenly taken away. Right. Where like I, maybe I would have liked a third book where this was the ending, where he went back to being human, because it only now felt like he really came into his own as. What it, like he'd give that speech he's like i'm i've been trying too hard to live in mm. both worlds and now i figured out how to live in the other and then it suddenly is like taken away
2: yeah i do remember being like oh i mean okay like i'm not bad about it but yeah it's true like he he had made his peace with it and then it turns out he didn't need to
0: yeah and on the flip side like you know we get In the way that I describe, it wouldn't have been a happy ending because him and Tobias would have had to, you know, separate. But in this ending, they get to stay together.
1: I guess I didn't see it so much. Like I agree with you that he finally learned how to use his powers. I guess I felt more like him finally using, learning his powers was part and parcel of him finally taking responsibility for his powers, Mm. and like only after he did that. And only after he refused Tobias's offer to take his place mm-hmm. did he become like a person worthy of, of Bramble's offer. Like Bramble loved Tobias way more than Henry. Mm-hmm. And so to mm-hmm. see Henry finally protecting him instead of taking advantage of him, that part like made sense to me from Bam Bramble's perspective. So even if it wasn't like the perfect arc for Henry, I think it made more sense that Bramble came in at that point and was like, all right, because Tobias will be happy. Right, yeah.
0: That makes sense.
2: Mm -hmm. And she got herself a little minion out of it.
0: Okay, you know, I do remember one thing that I didn't like. The the reveal that Henry could have left at any time, like any place that has a connection to the woods.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: That annoyed me. I didn't like that. that. What was the point of... Lying about the letters and right, like just so Tobias wouldn't hang out with his mom. Like that was the only thing I didn't like.
2: Right, like he could he can technically go anywhere. Mm -hmm. I don't think he could go anywhere anywhere though.
0: Like he could go where Tobias. He could go
1: more places. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, that's fair. So, but I see it.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, it's great. Great little book. It's a really nice like yin to the yang of the first book. You know, the first book Mm -hmm. like takes place it's it's all about to it's from tobias's point of view it takes place in the wood this mm-hmm. one is henry's point of view it takes place mostly out of the wood yeah uh great world building
0: tobias is more stoic henry is yeah. more wordy and flowery yeah. tobias is not really interested in academics like i, no. I do like the scene you can't where, even
2: read still right yeah no still, yeah
0: i do like the scene where like after all this time henry was like hey are there fairies and tobias is like yep
2: <laughs> especially because he's like there's definitely not fairies but are there fairies
1: yeah Tobias's stoicism is like quietly humorous
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: just kind of like fairies irritate me Henry- and Henry the end to of ma- story Henry
0: needs okay. to make a list of like mythological things and then be like ask Tobias each one like oh dwarves <laughs> yeah. do they exist <laughs> <laughs> Unicorns, you ever meet one? Yep. <laughs>
2: Eventually, I feel like Tobias would just start messing with him, too. It'd be great.
1: Yeah, I, I would also enjoy that. Henry deserves
2: that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, he deserves to get a bit punked.
0: I think that's why I didn't like this one as much, because I, I love Tobias so much, and mm. he seems like in the background a lot of the book. Mm.
1: But overall, I think it could. Great. Duology. Mm-hmm.
2: Hmm. Yeah, and hopefully we'll get some more stories in the world. Be nice. Hopefully, yeah.
0: Who knows? Yeah. So Ooh, also
2: the uh, the the cover art on this book is excellent. It is. It really conveys good. like the vibe of the book really well. Yeah, that's for sure.
0: So what works?
2: Pretty much everything.
0: <laughs> and the, what doesn't work? Yeah.
2: No. no not much. Oh, pretty much works, bits and yeah. bobs.
0: Yeah. I mean, what works in this book is a lot of what works in the first one. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's mysterious, but it's like, it works, especially if you probably read these two together, what works is that it seems the same and yet different, just because of, it's not Tobias' perspective, it's Mm -hmm. Henry's, and so you get, like, a totally different um, worldview of the same, like, this book would come off totally different if it was Tobias's perspective.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great, great mood, you know? Very. Yeah. And this is such a, this is such a book
1: for a mood. Like if you want to read this book and you're like, I don't know, you're a little cranky. You're a little bit like, it's March. There are no holidays. There's no good weather. Like (laughs) get a cup of tea or coffee or cider or whatever. And like sit with this book and it will like, embrace your mood but also make you feel better
2: yeah yeah this is like a, a book to read when you're like out in like a moor or
0: something or yeah. it's like raining outside and kind of cloudy yeah.
1: yeah, listeners if any of you live on moors please tell me if I can join you Yeah, I would love to
0: I don't like wet socks so
1: <laughs> fair solution to that is good boots though so that's
0: true okay. I do like a good pair of boots
1: yeah and I, like, gloomy, dark at 2 p.m. What I'm saying is I want to move to Scotland. So if anyone can out there can help <laughs> me make that happen. There
0: you go. I wouldn't mind moving to Scotland also. Let's all move to Scotland.
1: Okay. Yeah. And then let Scotland, like, break away from England and join the, the Scandinavian Union. And, like, <laughs> that future would be rosy as fuck.
2: Oh, God. Can you imagine, like, the Scandinavian, like, you know... um conferences where you have like all these, you know, like beautiful tall blonde people from like all the traditional Scandinavian countries and then the Scots just roll up like, hey.
0: <laughs> "Hey, that that's that's my family you're talking about." <laughs> <laughs>
1: Fair. Hey, my husband's family too. Hmm. Same. Just like Yeah. But, you know, Iceland took a lot of people from Scotland way back when and from Ireland, so there's some uh we don't have to get into it. It was pretty bad, but at the same yeah. time, like there, there's some some grounds for inclusion there.
0: Mm.
1: Eric the Red spent a lot of time in Scotland.
0: Mm.
1: Also, he was called Eric the Red. So, or wait, no, that was Eric Bloodaxe. Shit, so many Erics.
2: Wow. Anyway, how dare you?
1: I, well, indeed, how dare me? <laughs> They're my people. I've now been kicked out of Sweden. Okay. okay.
0: Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to be quick kicked out of Sweden. They got they got a sweet deal. I know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they have. What the uh, you know annual basic income?
2: Not yet. I think, they yet. I think they're working on it. They might. Yeah, yeah. they definitely got plenty they got some, of protection. So they got good stuff. Yeah,
1: my brother's wife is Swedish, so nice. he's gotten in. Nice. I married an American.
2: Yeah, same. That was my mistake. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. (laughs) Geopolitically speaking, what a bad choice. Yeah. Romantically, uh, pretty good.
0: (laughs) Any other thoughts on uh, Drowned Country by Emily Tesh?
2: Yeah, highly enjoyed it. Should definitely read it. Yeah.
0: Speaking of reading, uh,
2: (laughs) Steph, that was good.
0: What else are you reading?
2: Ooh, um, I am reading A Taste of. Gold and iron, iron and gold. I can't remember which which way it is. Uh, which is one of our our arcs. Uh, it's pretty good so far. It's like set. It's um set in kind of like this like medieval reskinned Europe, but not in a lazy way. Uh, in like a, and it's like Turkish inspired fantasy. Uh, and the some of the characters they have a, a. It's a really interesting magic system where people like taste metal through their fingers, like through their skin contact um like and it's it's done like in a way that you would like wine taste so you know they touch a gold and they're like ah yes it's like a fresh barnyard of sunshine <laughs> anyways it's it's enjoyable so far i'm i'm it's good um, that's cool what else am i reading i just finished this and then oh and then i'm still reading uh, Cytonic by Brandon Sanderson and we're going to start A Memory of Souls soon
0: Yay Yay! Josh what about you? I'm reading Destiny of Dead by Calcade which is the sequel to 2019's to Fate of the Fallen and uh, I don't want to give away I, I, even though it's been three years I still don't want to give away the big twist from Fate of the Fallen but this book continues That basically, um, the apocalypse is pretty much fated to happen, uh, the end of the world, and one grumpy, like, they're called foresters in the book, One, but they're basically like rangers, but it's like a mix between a druid and a ranger, but without the druid powers, like they take care of forests and make sure forests stay healthy and plentiful. And the main character is a forester who is forced to, like, be the hero when he's just never really wanted to leave the woods. And in this book, he, like, gets powers, which I will not reveal. Um That happened at the end of the last book. And now he's, you know, coming into his own as the hero type while still remaining. He's very grumpy. And I really appreciate that about the main character. And so I recommend both Fate of the Fallen and what I've read of this book so far. Just yeah. just, uh, just, on that basis alone. But also the <laughs> twist from the first book is very good. I like a good twist. And it happens nice. like right at the beginning. Ooh,
1: okay. And and then, You've
0: then, talked you know, about it
1: before and they've definitely been on my list and then I don't know. Once you start reviewing books as Steph can attest, things just start piling up. Mm -hmm. and your YouTube red pile never goes down it only gets bigger
0: yeah my Kindle app and my Kindle used to be like you know real covers and real books and now it's all (laughs) the main page is now all like PDF 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 because it's all arcs that I'm like adding on and And those add
1: up too you're like I could read this it it has no weight it's just digital and then you're like
2: 400
1: e-pages that's nothing (laughs)
2: yeah
1: some of them don't tell you the page count, so you're just like, I'm at point forty nine eighty seven. Oh, God. All right.
0: That makes it easier for me to read, because I'll, I'll think about the page count too much.
1: Okay. Re- yeah. re- if,
0: if I don't know the pain count, I'll just continue until okay. it's done.
1: Huh. Okay. I, I find it really disorienting. Yeah.
0: Well, speaking of disorienting, not at all. <laughs> Uh, Christina, what are you reading?
2: <laughs> An anti segue. Nice. Yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> oh my god, what am I disorientingly reading? Um, so I am... So we're going to be covering a book called... Um, Wait, I have them here because I was prepared for this this time. The City Inside by Samit Basu. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. That's the other book
2: I'm reading. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) I knew there was one.
0: I haven't started yet. I'll probably start today.
1: I'm only like 20 pages in. It's good, but it's... It's not dark. It's bleak. It's just kind of like... Remember all the protests? real close to home. Yeah. I was like, yeah, all the protests failed. We're in a surveillance state. I was like, oh, that resonates too much. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. And then I'm also reading Spear, which is coming out soon as of the recording of this podcast um, by Nicola Griffith. Well, tits. Um, like, uh, I
2: got like right Like Michael Crichton's sphere? No, spear as spear, in like spear, the like, web. You know.
0: oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like that. I like that, that we both made the same ago. ocean for
2: Spear.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh. we both threatened Steph and her location in our same call um
0: have you started it
1: i have it's really really good it's so well written i've liked nicola griffith for a really long time and i've liked Samit Basu for a really long time um so these are both like authors i knew i would like but um yeah i got some got some life stuff going on so i'm not reading as fast or as much as i want so only the two the hell christina only
0: that's on my (laughs) my like chart for as soon as i finish destiny of the dead Mm. that like because of Elden, I'm gonna say it because of Elden Ring coming out. I'm so behind. <laughs> on reading topic about topical
1: references, yeah.
0: Oh yeah, everyone just so is. you know, Elden Ring came out a month ago. When you're listening mm-hmm. to this, it's still eating everybody's <laughs> lives. Yes,
1: yeah. and consuming everybody's feeds. So I feel like everyone yeah. is with you on that, Josh. I'm like the yeah. man out. I'm not playing it. I also will at some point. Yeah,
2: that's
0: okay.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: I don't like I don't like games that are hard. <laughs> I want an easy mode of everything, please. Honestly, yeah.
1: The only video games I'm capable of playing right now are like very cozy. Hmm. All right. So, cool.
2: Steph, where can people find you? You can find me wherever internet is sold at Steph O. Kingston.
0: Josh. You can follow me on Twitter and Twitch at 405wits and then obviously if you're listening to this, you probably know about geeklyinc.com slash reading, where we all have reviews, and probably this podcast.
1: Yes. Please listen to this podcast
0: they As you're listening, listening to. <laughs> yeah.
2: A great note to put at the end of the show. Please listen.
1: <laughs> Please come back. I don't know. Putting begging at the beginning, like, it could be counterproductive, but it could be That's very true. productive. Yeah. We'll have to try it. Listeners, when do you like your begging? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know. Let me know at oladdygirl on Twitter. Uh, I'm also on Instagram, but not ever. So don't bother. I won't interact with you there because I open it like once a month. Okay. This cool. has been a Geekly Ink production. Yeah. Please listen. <laughs> I've,
0: I've been I've been working on uh, you know a, 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 what do you call it an outro line. Um, come read with us. That's what oh, I've been yeah, saying. That one's good.
1: Okay. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. As usual. Josh comes up with the taglines. Yep. And the names. Yep. And we're just here with him. <laughs> Come read with us. This has been nice, geekly production. shit.
0: Thank you. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs>
2: Thank you for listening to No Page Unturned, part of the Geekly Inc. podcast family. If you like the show, please show us some love with a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Page Podcast. The show is edited by me, Steph Kingston. Our amazing theme music is by Bad Sparrow, and you can check them out at Bad Sparrow Music. And our cover art is by Chango Chamango, who you can check out on Instagram and Twitter at Chango Chamango.